It's uh, episode 34 of the Catfish and Ice podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and presented by DraftKings. This is your host, Chad Benton and Colin Bluen, as we just got to watch the Preds completely dismantle the Detroit Red Wings. What a game we just watched. Colin, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm good, man. This had like the uh, this had like the old school Detroit rivalry vibes to it. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, but man, this felt this one felt good to get the dub on. Yeah, and you were running the uh, you were running the Catfish on Ice podcast account tonight, so I'm sure your fingers are a little tired right now. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Especially that second and third period. I had a nice like ease into it for that first period, and then second period there was a lot of reasons for tweeting with the goals and with some of those the penalty calls. But then I kind of that third period I got to really open it up a little bit, so. Been a bit of fun night for me. <laughs> you had the Predlines one too, so I know you've been a little bit busy. Oh yeah, uh, tweeting about hockey live is like one of the hardest things like ever. Like I feel like you oh, should yeah. go to like a I feel like you should go to like a eight week like training course or something like that. But um, definitely uh, fun. Yeah, you always got you always got to keep up with the pace. I mean, that's the thing is like RV scored, scored those two goals. The 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 first well the first one the the Bernier assist I'm going to call it, but. Yeah. The the second one where he got that that good goal there, and then the, the third one with the penalty shot, they happened so close to together. So like by the time I'm getting you know, that first tweet out for the second goal, then I'm like immediately tweeting for the penalty shootout. I'm like, all right, well, we're back to it. So yeah, you're always like you're always like looking down, looking up, looking down, looking up, just trying to keep up with everything. But yeah, uh, fun fun night, fun night, and happy birthday sure. to RV. I mean, what a way that's oh, yeah, right? Birthday. Good yeah. for him. We're we're gonna get into Victor Arvidsson for sure. Uh, what a game from him. Again, this is Chad Mitten and Colin Bloom, your host. Uh, Rich Howe, our other host, he's uh, I think he's on like a little family trip right now, so he's yeah. out for he's out for tonight's episode. He will be back next week. We hope he's having a uh, fun time with his family. We're hoping he got to watch some of the game tonight. But uh, we've got a really uh, fun and uh, packed episode planned for you for episode thirty-four. Uh, we're going to talk about the game we just watched. We can't skip over that. We're going to get into, of course. The big since it's trade season and the trade deadline is just a couple days away, and we've already seen some trades around the NHL happen today. We're going to talk about some of the biggest Preds acquisitions in team history during like the season acquisitions. We're going to go back and look at some of them, and then we're also going to update you on the NHL awards race, the player awards race. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff going on there. We're going to give our thoughts on who we think is going to win. We're going to talk about some current Preds players that have a chance at a couple of those awards. And then, of course, I'm pretty sure a lot of people out there are fans of the Masters, watching the Masters tournament. It was day one of the Masters. So we're going to throw out some golfers that we're uh, watching for, kind of talk about the Masters and what that means to the sports world. So we'll kind of wrap up episode 34 with that. So first of all, let's get into our uh, sponsor, uh, which is DraftKings, of course. We love our sponsorship with DraftKings. And uh, since we've moved past uh, March Madness and all that stuff, and Baylor won the tournament, now we're moving on to uh, the NBA. The NBA is rounding out their season as well, getting close to the playoffs for them. There's a lot of teams who are locked in on the playoffs, but there's other teams out there who are pushing for a playoff spot. So now is a great time for you to go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if the basketball team of your choosing hits a three-point shot and they win. So, again, all you got to do is pick the team that you think is going to win. All they got to do is hit one three-pointer, which is kind of a gimme. 
and use our promo code THPN and you'll turn $1 into $100 in free bets for a limited time only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And so with that said, let's get into this game we just watched. The Preds have now won. I'm having to keep up with this math in my head constantly now. I'm pretty sure the Preds have won 11 of their last 13 games. Is that correct? correct? Is that the current trend we're at now? Yes, sir. Um, Just just amazing stuff. I kind of said right before we went on on live just now that – is it fair to say this is exciting, as excited as we can be about Preds hockey since they got eliminated by the Dallas Stars in 2019 in the playoffs? I would say so. I mean, it's definitely like it's a fun team to watch in terms of they don't get themselves down. They don't beat themselves up. The momentum's on their side. And I know that some people are tweeting you know, about the schedule. We didn't make the schedule. We played a top five schedule in the beginning of the season against basically some of the hardest competition you could face. And so the back end, the the sad part is it kind of gives you a, a perspective of like, all right, this is gonna we're, this is gonna be downhill. It's gonna be a rough season because you're playing the likes of you know the Hurricanes, the Panthers, and the Tampa Bay Lightning, and even Dallas when they were healthy. And so you know we struggled a bit, and, and I think we all were kind of down on it. I was, I know I was very much down on it. I still, I was too. I'm, I'm a little weary because I'm a little, you know, I've, I've been hurt before, you know. So it's like yeah. I'm still a little bit weary about it, but. You know, then people are saying, well, you know, a lot of those games that are coming in that 13 game streak are coming against, you know, Dallas and uh, Detroit and Chicago. And, well, I mean, honestly, Chicago was in the playoff hunt until we knocked him out of it. Detroit is not the worst, you know, last place division team. Dallas. They're spoilers. They Detroit are. has that spoiler role about them. And, and Dallas is sneaky. I mean, the record's not yeah. indicative of how they really are because realistically, they haven't played as many games as everybody else. So they could still yeah. be in the playoff hunt. So for us to stay, you know, numbers wise on pace to stay ahead of them. That's really exciting to see. You know, it's good to see for us. It's exciting for us as fans because we've we've been a little bit starved for this. We've been going through a little bit, especially with the changes, trying to adjust to things. Um, you know, the coaching stuff that's been happening, wanting to see the youth and finally seeing the youth being able to step up. I mean, there's there's a lot to be excited about. Even even tonight, that's kind of one of our tweets that's blowing up right now is the uh, the tweet about the uh, call the ambulance, but not for me because every night it seems like we get a new injury. Tonight is Tolman, and we're like, oh no, like there it goes what's going to happen. And we won seven one. I mean, you and can't then, beat uh, that. And then even uh, so, Matthew Olivier missed most of the game as well. We're yeah. going to talk about that controversial sequence there. But let let me start off. Let me kind of go off what you just said about the schedule. So yeah, the Preds went through a gauntlet there at the beginning of the schedule, where they every every other night they were playing Tampa, they were playing uh, Florida, and they were playing Carolina. And it was like they just couldn't figure it out. I felt like every night on the schedule, it was to the Tampa Bay Lightning. I know it wasn't exactly like that, but it felt that way. It did. It did. And the Preds were still trying to find their way. And I will go ahead and raise my hand right now and say that I was one of many that said, okay, let's go ahead and start thinking about next season. We even did a segment on this episode, on this show, talking about let's just look ahead at next season. What's next season going to look like? And sure enough, the Preds have – that's why we have these glorious mustaches right now. Yeah. I'm leaving that out. For for anyone who's new to the show, they're watching for the first time, go back and listen. We made a bet early on before the Preds went on their hot streak saying that the Preds would never win five games in a row. And if they did, we would go down to mustaches just like a lot of the players on the Preds are doing. And so that's why you see these mustaches that are finely groomed from Monday's episode. My beard is 
it's starting to get some stubble back, but yeah, uh, I'm, get, I'm getting that five o'clock shadow feel a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's slow, so, slow moving. So here we are. Now we're growing the playoff beards back. At least that's what I'm thinking. I'm in playoff yeah. mode now. Uh, I want to get this playoff beard going for sure. But uh, let's let's dive into this game a little bit. So the game started off pretty uh, mucky, dirty, not a lot yeah. of room to operate, just like you would expect this game to start. Um, and you know the Red Wings had a couple chances. Uh, the Preds had a couple chances here and there. They were going up against Jonathan Bernier, who is a very well qualified goaltender. He's actually going into no- to tonight's game. He has some success against the Preds this season. So yeah. um, it was one of those things where I wasn't sure how this game was going to go. I really felt I was kind of like 50 50 on it. And so the game started off uh, a little dirty, kind of ugly. And uh, the Red Wings kind of scored that fortunate goal. I'm not going to take it away from them and say they didn't deserve it, but it was one of those fortunate, like deflection type goals where they just threw the puck at the net and it went past Soros. And it was almost like the Preds were like, okay, that's fine. We'll give you that one. Like yeah. you can have that one. We're going to play our game and it's the law of averages and everything's going to even out. And we are the better team tonight. We will get that goal back. And did they ever, they scored seven <laughs> goals. The president score and the Red Wings didn't score again. Yeah. So what did you, what did you see out of the early part of the game? And yeah, all that I, stuff? I think that there was definitely the chippiness there. I mean, you know, Dave, uh, cousins was getting it uh, from Rasmussen and uh, from, uh, uh, I think, forget who the other guy was, but Rasmussen was in there and he was, yeah. he was being messy. Um, and then it, with Davies, Davies also took it a little bit on the chin. And, and, and I mean, no penalty calls whatsoever. This is how it is, I guess. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, they should have called penalties. I will say the refs, you know, the, the major stuff that happened in the second, that was a little bit, that was, that was bad. But, um, you know, there was just, there was some, some chippy play and, and that's kind of, we let them kind of dictate that first period. And then, um, you know, we really, we kind of kept it clean, but, you know, obviously some things were not going our way initially. We had a little bit of a time period. I think it was about 10 minutes where we didn't get a shot on goal. Um, mm-hmm. and so that was kind of a little bit of concern. And then you follow that up and, you know, they, they get that flute goal. And, and that, if that flute goal happens in, let's say January or February, that's like the kiss of death, right? Like we like see snowball, that. snowball yeah. effect. We see that and we're like, all right, here come two more. And this is how it's going to go. But this, this new, I guess, you know, the, the post middle March Preds team, not anymore. No, seven unanswered. And, and yeah, for as, as chippy as the early part was, um, we hit them in the mouth on the scoreboard. That's what matters. I mean, they can, they can try to get their licks in. They can play cheap. I mean, that's what they did. Um, and I even said after that first period, you know, the way they're playing, like they want, they want that smoke. They're going to get that smoke. Yeah. And, and they got it. I mean, we not, and I mean, granted, Olivier helped us out and he stuck up for the team. And you got to love to see that when you don't want to see really a guy take a penalty, but when sometimes they need to take a penalty, you need to get the team show, you know, fired up. When Hines Hines said some words, let's talk about yeah. Let's get into that whole sequence. So Matt Benning gets driven. Matt Benning gets driven into the boards. A very dangerous play. We all agree. Whether you're a Red Wings fan, no matter who you're a fan of, there's no room for that in hockey. You can have the you can have the hard hits. You can have the fighting, but there's no room for a hit like that. And it was a very dangerous hit. Like Benning, and I, I just love what Matthew Olivier did there. He took no exception to it. He immediately – he was the closest player in the vicinity. Yeah. And he he just took control of the situation. And, I mean, you could see the anger in his in his eyes. You could see the passion. You could see how much this team cares about each other. And that's the kind of stuff that can win you a Stanley Cup. I'm not saying the Preds are Stanley Cup contenders necessarily, but I'm saying it's that kind of intangible type of stuff that can get you maybe further than what – you have on paper 
as yeah. far as talent and what we assess as talent. So I love to see that. I was extremely pissed off that it wasn't called a major and the ref comes trotting out and calls it a two-minute uh, a two-minute penalty, a run-of-the-mill two-minute penalty, and the Red Wings actually get a power play out of it. Yeah, that I was, was, like I, was, trash. I, was I was furious about that. But credit to the Preds. They blocked all that out. You can't – we're going to control what we can control. We can't control what the refs are going to call. And they it almost galvanized them and almost like made I mean, them was- play even better. That was the start of the run, really, because you think about it. It was, it was. I'm not sure if it was tied or if it was. We had maybe a two-one lead, but like that happened, and, and you know, Olivier was a definition of on site. Like he saw that gloves were down, and he was he was he was there ready to throw some punches, and deservedly so. I mean, that boarding call. You know, if if, if something happens where his neck or his head goes a certain way, I mean, the guy could be taken out on a stretcher. We're lucky he was able to finish the game. So, it's it's really you know you, that that kind of stuff just isn't. I mean, hockey is a physical, aggressive sport. Not that way. There, there's other ways to play the game physically and aggressively. Let's give, a, let's give a shout out to Mike Twitter, who's always a comment on the show. We appreciate Mike Twitter. He said, "All I see is mustaches from you guys on my end." <laughs> I love hey, it, uh, Mike. I can't blame you for that because that's all I see in my screen as well. It's kind of um, it's a little scary in a way, but, um, but but hey, you know who else has a mustache? Is Matthew Olivia. So this is in his oh, honor. Yeah. He's sticking up for the hey, team. It, it really are. Yeah, we're doing yeah. a service to the team right now. Exactly. But you're you're dead on in terms of like what galvanizes a team and what really brings them together. When you're fighting for one another, like you can go to war with one another. That's that's the way it is. Is that you're ready to you know you're ready to go into that. And, you know, the, the outcome may not always be what you want it to be, but those are the guys you're going to stick up for in the locker room. And so that was important. Uh, John Hines saying some wordy dirds. Uh, it was, you I don't know, usually I know, see that. And hey, Colin, I know that John Hines has been on your uh, on your uh, crap list. I will give him – I will he but, is, he, I will, I, I will eat a little bit of crow here. I'm going to give him some credit. He's, he's, we're, he's not gonna ask you to eat, we're not going to ask you to eat crow. I think the jury is still out for sure. I don't think you're necessarily wrong. And anything you've ever assessed on John Hines, but at the same time, uh, you love to see what he did tonight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, a guy sticking up for his team. Um, he never. He's not the type to cuss, and he looks like he looks like him in real life, Mister Clean. But apparently, his uh, his words were a little <laughs> bit dirty tonight. So, you know, and I mean, we we and we love that they killed the penalty afterwards because it was such a crap call to to give him a, a benchmark. I mean, obviously they're frustrated because his guy just got, you know, got boarded. I mean, that's something that could really result in a physical, a bad injury that could put him out beyond just this game. So um, you love to see that fire. I mean, I'm sure the players do too. That's probably what gets him going, but that kind of started the run after that. It was like, all right, we're going to, we're going to pulverize you. We're going to do it on the scoreboard. So we can really, we can remember this one, but you love to see that. Yeah. Hey, so now, Na- uh, so, so Nashville, can we work on a uh, t-shirt, Mr. Clean t-shirt for John Hines? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, if, they're, if they're, if they're watching or listening, uh, we need to work on that on a shirt. I can get him a design by next week. We'll see if we can get <laughs> something right, going. There we go. I want to get into Victor Arvidsson. Uh, yeah. So he, we weren't sure if he was gonna, how long he was gonna be out for. Uh, we've been getting used to these week to week injury statuses lately. You know, yeah. Matt Duchesne, Rhino, and when when they get that week to week designation, it's like a kiss of death. It's like who knows when they'll come back. And I was just like so worried that that was what was going to happen with Victor Arvidsson. And I'll go ahead and be completely honest here. At the beginning of the season, I was very critical of Victor Arvidsson. I think we both were. Uh, he was. He he just didn't seem like himself. He felt no. like he was just fall, fading further and further back into mediocrity. And because last season wasn't a great season for him either. And man, has this guy? And we want to talk about eating crow. Victor Arvidsson has made me eat a lot of crow for the way he has played lately. 
And I knew how important it was to get him back for tonight's game. And man, did he prove it. I mean, he, he was even before he scored his first goal of the night, this guy was all over the ice. He was buzzing around. He was using his speed. He was skating past players left and right. Just like old Arvidsson used to do. It was like a blast from the past type of stuff tonight. And he ends up scoring two goals in the game and he gets a shootout goal. And we got to see that Victor Arvidsson smile that we all love. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to admire the tenacity. I mean, it's not been the, the typical point stretch that he usually goes on in the seasons that he's known for. But, I mean, heck, tonight he had three points and probably some, a little few extra here there, too. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at his stats tonight other than those three goals. But yeah. um, he's just the definition of tenacity. Like, you want to see that from a guy that has had a struggling season. Like, he's been doing all the right things. He's been trying to be consistent. But the, the effort is there. I mean, that's why I think his teammates respect him is because he just doesn't give up. Um, he's going to take those shots and he's going to try and do it the best he can. But uh, I'm glad. I mean, there's no better way to celebrate your birthday as a hockey player than a hat trick. Yep. So if there's anybody that deserves it after going through some some challenging uh, times this, this year with just his game, I mean, he's a new dad, so that's exciting for him. But yep. it's just it's just really good to see him have some success. I, I really do love to see that. Absolutely. He's just, a, you know, he's one of those old – like even though we love this youth movement and we're all excited about it, seeing every – seeing constantly all these new players make their NHL debuts or they're in their uh, technical rookie seasons, you yeah. still need these veteran players to step up. And absolutely. how? And, and Victor Arvidsson is absolutely one of those players that's doing that. Uh, Ryan Johansson as well. And, and let, let's not overlook the fact that we're doing all this without Philip Forsberg in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, I mean, tonight we had a 7-1 outburst without Ellie Tolvin and Philip Forsberg. We're missing it's our leading like, scorers. It's almost like – you're trying to figure out, okay, how is this going to – it's a good problem to have, but how is this going to work when all these players get healthy? Because yeah. you've got you've got all these players filling in and playing so well that eventually some players who don't deserve it are going to be taken out of the lineup. Yeah, That's kind of yeah. what's going to happen. I, and yeah, he, and I mean, it is a question of what do you do because I feel like that's almost where we had to be sellers at the trade deadline just because we had to make room for guys. Yeah, um, I mean, and, and if you get some prospects out of it or you get some picks out of it, you know, so be it. But there's some guys that I, will, I almost would say would need to be healthy scratches because rookies are playing so well. Guys are just stepping up. That next it's man looking, that mentality works. I mean, it's 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 really looking like the Preds aren't going to do anything for the trade deadline. Yeah. It looks like it looks like they're just going to like you know hold everything together with what they have, and they're going to roll the dice that this group right here has what it takes to upset a Tampa Bay Lightning or upset a. And we're not we're not trying to say that the Preds are for sure going to make the playoffs either because it's still a close race, but the odds are heavily in our favor that we are going to make the playoffs. I know that I uh, I'll share this tweet. Let me get the proper uh, let me get the proper source oh. for who I who I got this from because I want to get I want to give proper credit. But basically, these playoff projections are really favoring the Preds right now. Yeah, and, well, so, and while, you're, while you're looking that up, I mean, you, you think about the team that we might be facing first because they're right now first place. They might not say that way, but the Florida Panthers, we've hung with them throughout the season. So if we get them in that first round, we could surprise some people and maybe sure. at least get to the second round. Yeah, and so, so this is from Micah Blake McCurdy, which puts out a lot of analytics. He puts a lot of uh, data visualization stuff out for the NHL. Worth a follow. Go follow uh, Micah Micah Blake McCurdy uh, at ineffective math is his Twitter handle. I always love the stuff that this person shares. So going into tonight's game, he had his point projections for the central division. He has the Preds projected at 60.6 points. 
And then for that fourth place spot, obviously there's a big gap between four and three. Yeah. And then your next closest team to the Preds and his projections are the Dallas Stars at 57.5 points. So, and that's before tonight's game. So I'm sure I, that's. I can see that, yeah. Well, and I think so, it's a good, it, it's good that we're keeping pace too. Cause I mean, even if Dallas keeps winning and as they're getting closer and closer to us and games played, we're still yeah. getting that two point pace that's staying ahead of them. So that helps us out. Which, uh, let's see. The Stars and the Blackhawks played tonight a very consequential game, and the Stars blew out the Blackhawks five to one. So the plot you know, thickens. Yeah, plot thickens for sure because the Stars still have those extra three games in hand. But yeah. uh, either way, the Preds are controlling what they can control, which is win their games. Yep, and beat the teams they're supposed to beat. But they're doing it with all these injuries, so it's like even more impressive. Yeah. So you love to see it. Um, some other stats I just want to pull. I mean, there's so many stats from this game. I mean, we'd be here all night really combing through it all. But, um, I mean, let, I mean, let's just talk about the fact that uh, the Preds scored seven goals on 32 shots. I mean. That's pretty that, sick. That, that's just insane. <laughs> that's insane. Uh, the Preds, uh, they only got one power play opportunity on the night. I mean, they haven't been getting a lot of power plays lately, a lot, a lot of opportunities. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, it was a pretty physical game. The Preds had 14 block shots. That's pr- that's a really big number there. That's a very critical number to yeah. help. To, we're finally seeing that great team play in front of UC Soros, and then UC Soros is taking care of the rest. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is we kind of get lost in with this offensive explosion is the fact that UC Soros only allowed one golden night. I mean, the guy's numbers since he's come back, I mean, this in this 11-game stretch, it's just insane to see what his numbers are and see how well he's been doing. I mean, he's on a tear. So it's, it's I mean, it's the right time to do it. This is, you know, we're, we're seeing a good peak. So let's just hope we can enjoy the ride while it lasts. Yep, and the Preds. So the the, the season series with the Red Wings is now over. Preds won, won the season series six games to two. And you know what's crazy that it ended that way? I think we I think we all hit rock bottom for this season when the Preds lost to the Red Wings. At home, uh, yeah. Back, back on uh, – I can look up the date of that game. It was February 25th. The Preds lost five to two. That was actually on the road. But either way. Yeah. That was that was uh that was kind of rock bottom. I remember that game very clearly. I remember thinking, "Wow, okay, this team this team's going to be heavy sellers. Uh, let's start thinking about next season. Um, let's start thinking about moving uh, Ekholm." Uh, I think that was around the time when we saw that big article come out about how Phil Forsberg was even un- was even considered untouchable at this point. Like it was pretty bad. Yeah. And it's just amazing how things can turn around so quickly. Yeah, no, I, it's definitely – it's fun to see because it's like now we don't know what we are. We don't know if we're buyers. We don't know if we're sellers, if we just sit pat. Um, I'm still in this camp of like let's sell a little bit just because – I mean, honestly, we don't need the likes of uh, Brad Richardson and some other guys, and they're going to be no. scratches even if they come back. Um, I would hate to see Granlin go, but at the same time – like, Grand- it, it would be a tough blow. It'd be tough. I mean, but he's his stock. I don't know if it's going to get much higher. I mean, the guy the last five games has just been just on a tear. I mean, getting goals, right place at the right time. Like, there's going to be a team that wants him, and they're probably going to be able to pay more than you know. In the past, we've been saying, okay, Granlin for like some prospects and maybe you know a player that can start in third line. I think we can we could demand a little bit more for Granlin now, which would be nice if we are going to make a playoff run and at the same time free up some space on the roster so that we can uh, let these rookies cook. I mean, that's really what it is. Is they're they're playing on unreal hockey right now, and it's fun to watch. And the I mean the the 
the thinking behind trading Granlund away is, well, you're going to move in Matt Duchesne into his spot. Yeah. Now we can we can talk all night about who's better, my a Granlund yeah. or Duchesne, but that's for another topic for another day. But at the same time, you have options. Even if you trade away Granlund, you have options. It's not like yeah. you're just leaving yourself open to and there's this void that you don't have. Look at what this team is doing, even with missing players like Phil. You still got to get Phil Forsberg back in this lineup, and we're not yeah. even exactly sure what's going on with Phil Forsberg. It's 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 being kept so under wraps that we really don't even know, and that's how hockey is. But yeah. um. You know, you got to expect that Phil Forsberg is going to eventually come back. Matt Duchesne is going to come back. It would be great if the Preds go ahead and lock up a playoff spot and Forsberg comes back for that. I mean, it, it, this is all speculation at this point. And but here, it, here's, the, here's the crazy thing, though, is like, okay, look at all these injuries. You know, these guys are, are, are getting rested. So that's that's mm-hmm. going to help us out. I mean, yeah. they're going to come back and this, assuming they're yeah. fully healthy, then they're going to have more in the tank than some of these other teams that yeah. have been just grinding out for all, you know, the 56 game season. So, yep. Uh, and so David Ferentz made his NHL debut yep. tonight, which he has been uh, highly talked about. Uh, he's been playing in college for uh, Boston University. He's a big college standout, a big deal. Uh, he's got a great, bright future. So it was cool to see him get in the game. I didn't see any glaring liabilities from him in his game at all tonight. No. Yeah. Um, and then you also, I don't want to overlook the fact, and a lot of people don't know about him, a lot about this player, including myself. Yeah. And that's uh, Tyler Lewington got in the yep. game. And he actually had a couple decent offensive scoring chances in this yeah. game. So he had some shots on goal. I mean, he was creating, he was generating some offense from the defensive position. And he, they even said in the broadcast, he kind of was like Yossi. He would get in towards the net yeah. and then get back on defense. So that's a, that's a mature play from a young, young defenseman. A, a so. six foot, six foot two, uh, 200 pounds. Eight, he's 26 years old, but he's only played eight games in his NHL career. But, uh, Originally drafted in 2013 by the Washington Capitals in the seventh round. So he's been around for a little bit, but he's obviously had to have a hard journey into the NHL. So uh, awesome to see him get in the game and get his feet wet. And that's that's a really cool night for him to play in a game like that where his team won seven to one. So awesome for for that player. And then David Ferentz as well. Um, So just all around. I mean, you really can't you really can't poke any holes into tonight's game. Which no. is natural. Which is natural when you win seven one, yeah. um, and then of course, uh, just we're not going to go into it deep. But at the same time, also the Preds looked pretty had to have the opposite game outcome on Tuesday's game because we yeah. we haven't recorded we haven't recorded since Monday night. So we just want to really quick talk about so Tuesday's game. You they had to work for that one. I mean yeah. that was like they it was looking like they might take a loss in that game. And they they figured out a way to score late in the game. Uh, Granlund, who we just talked about, got that tying goal less than four minutes left in regulation, and on the power play, no less. And then, of course, we this Preds team is very impressive in overtime. It's like they know how to play when it's uh, in that overtime scenario. And then yeah. the shootout. Suddenly, we have a team who we can like feel confident in in the shootout. It's been a long time, hasn't it? <laughs> it's and, crazy. And, and before we move on to the next segment. Um, of uh, episode 34 of the Catfish and Ice podcast. Uh, how, we we got to really quick talk about Ryan Johansson's slow-mo. The slow Joe. Sh- shootout style goal that everybody, every goaltender hates probably Man. out there. Oh, yeah. 
that's gotta be the most annoying thing because he just gets you to bite on it so soon. And not only that, like he had it, he had Grice bite on it very early. He probably had another five seconds before he even shot the puck behind him, and it, it just made him look so. It, it doesn't it, look. It, it doesn't look fair. It doesn't look fair. It, it, but it's, it's, like, it's within the rule book, though. It's yeah, within the rule book. The, the puck keeps moving forward. It's the equivalent almost of like a, a posterizing in, in basketball because you just see like the picture of it. Grice is on his on his stomach, uh, completely away from the puck, and Ryan Johansson just flips it in over his back. Like that is like the most mic drop kind of shootout situation yeah. for him. But well, something that was crazy that said as a, as a stat they were mentioning in the broadcast tonight was the Preds have won five games this season that they have never let in until the end of the game. Because That's of crazy. That's like wild. That, I, I'm curious what the all-time stat is, but that is a very crazy stat for them. So we'll take I, it. I, another another stat that uh, the Bally Sports crew shared. Yeah. It's Bally Sports now. It's not Fox Sports Tennessee. Another thing they shared tonight, they always put out really great stats. Yeah. Um, another stat that I'm going to steal from them that they shared tonight was, so the Preds now lead the league in rookies that have, that have played this year to, out of to all the teams. Most rookies played, most rookies played in the entire NHL. Yep. And then yep. they've also played 14 defensemen this season, I mean, which if my math is correct, that's eight more than what you need to, to have a starting lineup. So, um, that's just – that really puts it uh, into perspective for you well, right I mean, there. And tonight even we played seven because we did 11 forwards and seven uh, defensemen. Yeah. Cause we're just Which so is a bold move. That's a it bold is. move, yeah. It worked out for them. So, um, yeah, they just keep figuring out ways. I mean, obviously they've taken advantage of their schedule as well. They've, you know, they've beaten up on Detroit. They've beaten up on Columbus, who's in a fire cell now. And they've beaten <laughs> up on Chicago. Yeah. So now, so now we got to really see as the schedule – comes up the next team on the schedule is the Tampa Bay Lightning. We haven't seen them in a while. So yeah. uh, that's the next team on the schedule. And then we've got Dallas. Then we've got Tampa again. Then we've got Carolina twice. So this next five game stretch here is going to let, before we really start beating our chest here and saying, you know what? Stanley cup is not that far fetched. Cause I I'm not thinking that at all. I'm waiting on all the crazy people to say I'm that say I'm way overreacting here. But let's say the Preds march through this next five game stretch and win four or five. What's your thoughts going to be then? I know that's a big if. I know I that's mean, a big if. It is a big if. I think that means you know we're a contender. At least we put this people is on a, list. This is kind of a this is kind of a measuring stick five game stretch coming up here. Yeah, because we have taken advantage of some weaker teams recently. We're not we gonna. Have. We're not gonna gloss over that. You got two but, against Tampa, two against Carolina, and you got Dallas in there as well. Let's see what happens here. I mean, it'd be nice to steal some against the, the Lightning. I mean, that's it was nice to at least get one against them. I would really like this to not get swept by Carolina for the season. So I'd be really comfortable if we got at least one from them too. Um, you know, the five game stretch doesn't make me nervous. I mean, we've gotten a little bit of a cushion just because every team is going to have these stretches where they play some more, some more difficult competition. I mean, the good thing is we're going to see Dallas within that, so we can get our we can help ourselves by beating mm-hmm. Dallas and staying ahead of them that, in those terms. He- yeah, head to head win against Dallas is huge. Yeah, and then I mean, realistically, after the, after that five game stretch, we've got three games in a row against Chicago. Yeah. That that's our bread and butter. Well, right hey, but Chicago made a pretty big trade today. They're not they're not packing in the season by any means. They're not. I mean, we, but the thing is, we just got to capitalize. If we can get if we can get at least two of those three against Chicago, puts us in a really good spot. Then we get Florida. Yeah. We've shown we can hang with Florida. I know that Florida is in the top You're of the right. division right now, but we've skated with them. We've made it a comp- competition against them. We've taken them to overtime. Like. We have the guys. We have the momentum on our side. 
we get Dallas again, that's another one where we can say, okay, like let's finish it out. Um, I'm actually going to be at that game, that May 1st game against Dallas. So I'm really excited about that. And then we get two against Columbus and I hope we don't overlook it, but I also hope we just, I hope we just eat. I hope we just get those. those, those You have to eat there. And those, Hey, for all we know, that could be four critical points there. Yeah. We really don't know how this race is going to, it's actually kind of uh, comforting to know that we got Columbus right there at that last stretch there. Cause that might be the deciding four points to get in the playoffs. It really yeah. might. So yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. All right. So the Preds uh, real quick, let's uh, update the standings before we move on. The Preds are of course holding on to that fourth spot. Now they're 22, 18 and one on the season, 45 points uh, that, that to get to that top three, let's go ahead and, and let that one uh, go there. That's not going to happen, but You've still got Chicago at, in fifth place with 41 points. They lost to the Stars tonight. Stars have played three games less than the Predators, and they are sitting seven games or seven points back, I should say. Talk about a crazy stat for the Stars. They so they've lost their if you count their overtime losses, they've lost mm. 24 games this season and they've won 14, but they have a plus five goal differential. So it's like mm. this team knows how to get to overtime, and then they just lose. Yeah. So that tells me this is still a team that ha- has had some bad luck in overtime, and we have to keep an eye on them. Like yeah. they're lur- they're lurking back there, and we have to keep an eye on them. And this so. is going to come down to to Hines being able to keep them focused because that's what this is. I mean, yeah. you can't look over overlook anybody. Games against Dallas, games against Chicago, games against Columbus. You need if you can steal some from Tampa, steal some from Carolina and Florida. That helps you out even more, but this is critical. This is crunch time now. We're it we're is. in it, and and we didn't think we would be, but we're in it. So let's play it, and you know, like we say, all gas, no breaks. Absolutely, you share that. You share that. Uh, share every that time, every, and I love it. I'm all for it. Every time, I'm all for that. Yes, sir. So uh, for uh, for all of our listeners, if you have Twitter, go uh, go follow the Catfish and Ice podcast at Catfish Ice, and my man Colin Bluen always runs the Catfish account for games. And it's always uh, really funny content and good stuff. And if you can't watch the game, it's really easy to just follow along with us during the game. And we keep you updated on everything that's going on in real time. So really good stuff there. Let's get into our next segment. Let's look over this NHL awards watch. Let's look over what's going on there. Uh, We're going to kind of take a broad look at the entire league and what's going on there. Again, this is episode 34 of the Catfish and Ice podcast with Chad Mitten and Colin Bluen. Our co-host, uh, Rich Howe, is out tonight, but he will be back next week, so we will, we're ha- we'll be happy to have him back next week. All right, so let's talk about the Warriors. Let's start with the biggest one of all, which is, of course, the Hart Trophy, the MVP of the league, and it's kind of a one-person race. I, it's, I don't think this is going to really have any suspense to it. It's Connor McDavid, yeah. and I, I know there's maybe some people out there who, crazily enough – I think they've quieted down a lot in the last couple of weeks. But at, at one point, there were people out there making a case for Patrick Kane. And this has nothing to do with my hatred for the Chicago Blackhawks at all. This is me being objective. But come on now. I, I, think, it, I, I think it's fair, though, to say that. It's a little crazy to think Patrick Kane. Because honestly, like my dark horse for that is Austin Matthews. But Robert yes. David's having just a, a ridiculous season. I mean, come on. And I know people get upset over the superstar treatment that happens. A lot of people were up in arms about Connor McDavid. I think he took like a $5,000 fine or he took some type of ridiculous fine for a hit that a smaller time player would have 
I didn't really go deep into it, but there was something to do with that. If someone wants yeah. to tweet the show right now and give us more details on that. But my point is this. He is he is by far the best player in the league. And he's got going into tonight's games, he had 23 goals, 45 assists, 68 points in 40 games. Um 13 uh, plus minus a 13. I know a lot of people don't like that stat, but still worth mentioning. 13 plus minus 25 points in the power play, eight game winning goals. Uh, the guy is just, I mean, he's, he's, he's just, he is the best player in the league. And, and you, you see him do it. And it's just the way he does it. It's not even, I mean, at the point, the numbers speak for themselves, but the yeah. way he just dominates yeah. a game, it's just crazy. I mean, yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. I mean, you also have – and you bring up Austin Matthews as well. Austin Matthews is having a very good season. I think if Connor McDavid wasn't around, you would look at Austin Matthews and be like, okay, this guy's the MVP easily. Yeah, uh, He's having a good season in his own right, 28 goals on the season, 18.3 shooting percentage. And, of course, he's playing for a very good Toronto Maple Leafs team. And so, um, how fun would that be, a, a Maple Leafs-Edmonton Oilers playoff matchup? We're all, I mean, I'll sign you up for that. I think the entire the entire anybody that's a fan of the Scotia North is probably like clamoring for that because that's just that's the two faces of the next generation of hockey for for mm-hmm. NHL. I mean, we we need that. Inject that right in my veins. I need that. But no, it's 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 definitely crazy to see Connor McDavid's numbers. Austin Matthews, I think for me, I, I'm a little I have a little bit of soft spot for him because he came from Arizona. So if, the fact okay. that a kid grew up in Arizona and played hockey basically in Arizona and is now one of the best players in the NHL is pretty awesome. But, um, you know, as far as like the fighting, uh, not the fight, but the, uh, the cheap shot they took, I mean, it happens. I don't like it either, but at the same time, like we all know how Sidney Crosby is not going to take anything away from Sidney Crosby's game. Do I think he's a jerk for how he was in the, in the Stanley cup finals? Of course, yeah. but he's still a very good hockey player. Even when Gretzky got some cheap shots in every now and then. So it's just, as part yeah. of it. Um, but as far as like being a pure hockey player, Connor David is, is running away with it. I mean, he just, he makes it look easy. It's it's playing chess with everybody's playing checkers. I got to throw this stat in there real quick just because I, I came across it and it felt really good to see it. The Preds have pretty much kept Patrick Kane in check this season. Uh, yep. in, fi- in five games, Patrick Kane has only two measly assists, no goals against all other teams. Again, this is going into tonight's games. I didn't look up his game against the Stars tonight. But – um. Going into tonight's games, he has at least five points against every team in, in the division. But for some reason, against the Preds, he can't figure it out. So that's 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 really nice to see there. And that's but, why he's not an MVP candidate to me. I'm sorry. Yeah, especially, yeah, right there. Especially Chicago fans that want to talk smack about how the Preds had a downturn early on in the season. And now we're, you know, we jumped them a little bit there. But also, like, your 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 star player can't do anything against us. At least he hasn't so far. You get, three so more, far. you get three more chances. We'll give you that. But yeah. In five games, two assists, that's it. Like, that's yeah. your star player. Um, I'm the, exactly. That's how I feel about it. Let's move on to the Vesna Trophy, which is always highly looked at. Um, it's kind of a shame that UC Soros isn't in this mix, and he shouldn't be because he hasn't started enough games. Yeah. But he's in his, and during this hot streak, it is correlated with Vesna type numbers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so he just, he missed that time. He started off the season so poorly. He kind of took himself out of that race pretty quickly. But at the same time, Saros' numbers are – he's now 13-7 and seven on the season, two shutouts. Uh, we'll have to update his numbers after tonight's game, but going into tonight's game, he was a 2.24 uh, goals against average, almost a 93 save percentage, and that's including how he started the season. 
So it just goes to show you. And so um, you have to wonder if he doesn't miss those two weeks of time due to injury. Is he a candidate? Yeah. I want to bring up the, I want to bring up the, go ahead real quick. I'm going to look up the discussion we had. Well, I was going to say, imagine if he had started this way at the beginning of the season and just played consistently throughout the season, like his numbers would be even better because his numbers are pretty good right now. But imagine, you know, I imagine the the numbers in the last 11 games, you know, that stretch are even better than what his numbers are in the season just because he's played out of his mind lately. I mean, at one point he had a a 0.975 save percentage. Like that's, that is just insane. So if he had played this way from the start, I think that he's shown he has the pedigree to be an elite mm-hmm. goaltender, or at least a very good goaltender, if he you know if he wants to. But it is what it is. It's, just, it's fun to watch. I just wish it would have happened sooner because it would yeah. be nice to see him get that hardware. So yeah, I just I just put out uh, earlier today. I put out it's fair to ponder that if UC Soros hadn't missed over two weeks of time in mid March, that he would possibly be in the Vesna Trophy conversation. But he doesn't have enough starts. Uh, Twenty two starts now. To yeah. be up there with uh, Vasilevsky and Flurry, yeah, it, it, who are my top two candidates for the Vesna right now. And I so I, I want to give a a shout out to Greg on Twitter. He responded and said, "It's also fair to ponder that has it not had it not been for that injury to give him time to get his mental game back in gear, he may not have ever gone and gone on this ridiculous run." And that is absolutely true. That's a good way yeah. to think of it. We'll, we'll never know what that two-week window would have held for Soros. It could have gone either way. But, you know, my point kind of was like, you know. Who knows? I mean, if he, he, if he, puts, he has that ability is kind of my point. Yeah, if he – if he the year that he puts together a full, you know, year like he's played in, the, in his backstretch since mid-March you now, that's the year that he becomes a true contender for Vesna. Because, I mean, he – the talent is clearly there. He's got the awareness when he's when he's dialed in – He's excellent, but you know maybe it was that it, it, it did help him to kind of get his mind right, get some of that early season flutters, especially that bad puck luck. Because a lot of times he had some bad puck luck. It wasn't even necessarily on him, but um, it would be interesting to see what he would have been like if he had not gotten injured, or what will happen if he ever plays and puts together a full season. But I'm with you on the basketball team and Mark Andre Fleury. I kind of I'm kind of rooting for Andre Fleury just because um, he just I mean, he's just a good guy. He's, a, fact, he's kind of a Pecorine like figure. Like he's a very he likable is. guy. Very likable. His dog is uh, his dog's name is Bar- uh, Bark Andre Fur- Furry. So you got you got you got <laughs> to love that. that. I'm I'm a big fan of puns. So I got to appreciate that. But for what he did, I mean, when he was when he made himself available during the expansion, um, because he wanted to make way for now a guy that's not even I don't think uh, who was his replacement, um, the Penguins goalie. I forget who was. Oh, what Jerry. His name was. It was his name, Jerry or Tyson Jerry or no, it was the guy that Matt Murray. Matt Murray. It was Matt Murray. Matt Murray. He made. He kind of got out of the way from Matt Murray because Matt Murray at the time was playing really yeah. well. Now, not so much. Um, I think the Penguins are kind of kicking themselves because Mark Andre Fleury mm-hmm. is still playing elite hockey. But um, yeah, I really like to see him win. I think that'd be nice. He's a good guy. I think that Angel across the board. You know, he's just been a good guy, and everybody appreciates that. But Vasilevsky is playing just some really freaking good goaltending. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. he is tough to catch. So, well, I mean, look at this. So Vasilevsky. So with without Vasilevsky in the lineup, which the Tampa Lightning lean on him heavily, that he starts a lot, as you would expect. When he doesn't start, Tampa Bay is three, five, and one on the season. So they lean on him heavily for good reason. He's uh 23, 6, and 1 on the season, three shutouts, 2.00 goals against average, 0.931 save percentage. Um, he he's just he's but I gotta look at tonight's score though, real quick, just to update. Uh six four final score. Lightning beat the Columbus Blue Jackets, but man, they had I'm to work for it. 
Vasilevsky yeah. gave up four goals on the wow. night. That sounded like him. Yes, yeah, 36, 32 saves on 36 shots. I'm trying to see what the other – yeah, so he had a rough night tonight, so that might make the Vesna Trophy race maybe a little more interesting um, just based on that one game itself. Uh, you've also got uh, Philip Grubauer for the Avalanche is 24-8-1 on the season, five shutouts, 2.00 goals against average as well. Um, but it – he also so he has more shutouts than Vasilevsky, and he's also played more games than Vasilevsky. So I wouldn't overlook him necessarily yeah. over this last stretch. And then of course you got Flurry, seventeen ten on the season, four shutouts, two point one seven GAA, and a nine two four save percentage. The thing about Flurry is those are good numbers. I don't think they're good enough to get him past the other guys. No. But but Flurry also has that cachet about him. He has that notoriety. So does yeah. Vasilevsky, though. Yeah, I think I think part of it is that we we value wins, and that's that's you know that's understandable, especially if you're a goaltender. And so you know those two have the wins, obviously, over you know under Florida. But he, I mean, he's been playing really great hockey for the Knights. I think they're going to be a challenge in the playoffs, even if he doesn't win. Yeah. They're going to be someone you don't want to run to, especially looking at Grubauer versus uh, Andre Florida. That could be a good goalie showdown that we might see. Uh, in the Western Conference, so it's going to yeah. be fun to watch. If uh, if Flurry finishes the season off strong, I would not be surprised at all if he steals it from Vasilevsky, and that would be a great storyline. I mean, Flurry Vas- win the Vesna, and Vasilevsky's been in the in the in the hunt for three years and only won one of them. So I mean, that would yeah. be very interesting. And I mean, he's he's got one though. I would like I think on the Flurry yeah. kind of deserves some hardware. So it, yeah, it, it should, I think that's going to be a fun race to keep an eye on yeah, out of all I the agree. awards races. Uh, let's move on to let's see the next one here. Um, get my all my stuff in order here. Um, you've got, of course, you got the Calder Trophy, which is the one that Preds fans are all focused on. I'm just a little worried. As as much as we want Tolvanen to win it, it's probably not going to happen. Uh, Kaprasov for the Minnesota Wild is kind of taking the league by storm. He's played more games than Tolvanen. He's he's kind of he was Double in there. From, he was in there from the start. He's he's. Not saying Tolvanen is not a big part of this team because he obviously is, but I just think that Kaprasov maybe had a head start on him. Yeah. And and so, but I will say this, looking at the numbers, Tolvanen, I feel like, has a way more well-rounded game than Kaprasov yeah. does. I mean, he's, he's not just like, I think Kaprasov is very much a goal scorer, whereas Tolvanen can distribute. Goal he can Yeah, he can distribute. He can he can score goals. Um, he's useful in the power play. Like there, I mean, he leads the, the rookies in power play goals. So mm. the fact that you see him on special teams, you see him on offense, you see him on defense too. He actually has, I think he uh, is close to the lead for rookies that are not uh, that are for for forwards uh, and hits. And so that's another piece of it. Um, yeah, he's got he's got sixty hits on the season. Uh, Tolvanen does. Yeah, so I, I mean, for a well-rounded hockey player, I, obviously we're biased. I get that the the hype around. Uh, Karol Kasper, or Kaprizov just because he does have so many points and so many goals. There are some finalists that have been discussed that I'm like I'm not into. Uh, Kevin Lankinen, maybe it's just because yeah. I, I'd like to see his his stats against the Predators, but I don't think he's been like too. I don't think I've he's actually got that. Fr- so I've actually got that in front of me right now. Hit, hit, me, hit me with it. I wrote that down actually. Okay, so he's lost all of his decisions versus Nashville, but his actual personal numbers aren't that bad. He had a he has almost a 93 save percentage against the Preds. Okay. Uh, well, but uh, I think it would be very hard for him to actually win this trophy just because, in general, a goaltender has to be have a pretty incredible season as a goaltender to win the Calder. 
Yeah. And so um, he's probably not. You've also got a, a, a Kakanen for the Minnesota Wild, another rookie goaltender who yeah. has almost – he has very good numbers as well, but just not many games played. But 12-6 and six on the season, 92 save percentage. There's a – got to say something as we're talking about this uh, Calder Trophy conversation. There is so much young, exciting talent in this league right now. Oh, yeah. it's, it's very exciting if you're an NHL fan right now like we are. Uh, the future of this league does look bright. I think there's a it lot does. of very big stars that are coming up. And, of course, we have a bunch of them right now, including Ellie Tolvanen. I mean, the, the mirror image for our our franchise is the Minnesota Wild, and obviously there's some history there at Paul Fenton and some other guys. But mm-hmm. the, the the same way that we're having success because of rookies, that's the Wild. I mean, especially with yeah. the rookie goaltender and with you know Kaprizov, they are driving very much the bus for the Minnesota Wild to be in these kind of playoff positions. So, um, you know, we're, we're kind of uh, birds of a feather in that sense. But I agree yeah. with you. And we, I mean, we probably think that Caprasol is going to win it. That's that's, and that's okay. Like, I don't think anyone should get too up in arms and be, like, oh, Tolvanen was robbed or anything like that. And I think it's just a product of, first of all, Tolvanen did started. not. Tolvanen did not start the season on the roster. Yep. Um. So it's just one of those things that you got to look at it. The full body of work. Caprasol is a pretty big figure. He's he's taking the league by storm. He's probably going to win it, and it's 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 not something we could get too we should get too like up in arms over. Even though it would be nice to see Tolvanen become the first player in Preds history to win the Calder Trophy, uh, we did a segment. If you want to go back and listen to it in the previous episode, talking about the top rookie seasons in Preds history, but the Preds have never had a Calder Trophy winner. Tolvanen, uh, we'll, we'll have to see what this injury looks like for Tolvanen, but I just don't think he's going to be able to take it from from Kaprasov. I agree. I don't think he's gonna have enough games unless you look at it on a per per game basis. Even um, yes. it's just gonna be tough. But you no, know, it, it's yeah. It would be nice to see him win it. But I mean, honestly, like worst case scenario, like we have, we have someone that's really special with us for a long time. So that's what yes. you know we're, oh, we're looking for sure. forward to. Uh, and then of I gotta, course, oh, I got to yeah, give go Mike Twitter real quick a shout out here. He said, uh, "Speaking of Minnesota, hat tip to uh, Fiala for his hat trick last night." So yeah, absolutely. We we love Fiala. We hope he's doing well. Um, as long as we don't have to see him for a little bit, that's nice. But uh, yeah, it's easy. Y'all. It's easy for us to say that when he's not in our division. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> but well, we do feel that way though. We love Kevin Fiala for sure. Um, and then uh, real quick, Alexi uh, Lafreniere, of course, was the number one overall pick. Had all this hype. I'm not saying he's a bust or anything like that. But you know, he was probably a shoe in to win it going into the season. Yeah. And you know, he's just got 12 points in 38 games. He's not even being used that much. Less than 14 minutes of ice time per game. So I think a lot of that has to do with, man, this guy was facing a ton of pressure, ton of hype coming in. Of course the Rangers won that uh, draft lottery and it was kind of a weird, like everyone thought that like teams like the Red Wings and the Senators got screwed over by not winning that first pick and the yeah. Rangers ended up getting it, but he's just having a rough start to his career. doesn't mean he's not going to turn out to be as good as everyone thought he was going to be, but yeah. You know, it's it's tough when you come into a league and they're, they're comparing you to Sidney Crosby. I mean, that's oh man, it's really I, tough. I, how, how do you keep up with that pressure? I feel for the guy. You know, I want to see him succeed because obviously, like we're we're never gonna have to see him uh, realistically until we get then, to the final, maybe. Yeah, and then one more uh, trophy race just to quickly round out, which is one of the smaller trophies, but still one that's it's it, that's a pretty cool deal, a pretty big deal, and that's the Selk Trophy, which goes to the top defensive forward. Yeah, it's kind of a harder trophy race to track, uh, but 
Cal Yarncroke is one of those players that I consistently see in that group of players that could win it. So yeah. that'd be really cool just to see him get rewarded like that for his hard work. I mean, he's always kind of been our unsung hero too. The way he plays the game, two-way hockey. Uh, I, I mean, I can see. I think if anybody's deserving of it on the Preds roster, it's going to be him, just because he plays smart offense and he's he's very opportunistic, but also he's smart on defense. So he's not gonna he's not gonna take make stupid plays. He's going to be the one that kind of helps out the the defensive pairings uh, when they need it from the forward position. So that would definitely be cool to see him win. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to our last segment of episode 34 of the Catfish and Ice podcast with Chad Minton and Colin Bluen, presented by DraftKings. Go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Go bet on some NBA basketball as the uh, playoffs are coming for the NBA. Go bet on it to any team you want to bet on. Use our promo code THPN if that team wins and hits a three-point shot, which is a gimme. That's a given. Then you're going to win $100 in free bets. All you got to do is bet $1. So that's easy money for you to win there. So go get our go get that promo code and use our promo code THPN. So we're gonna we're gonna run through and there's not a ton of these honestly. I went back and looked. There's really not a ton of them to look through. But I went. We're gonna go back and look at the since it is trade season in the in the NHL and it's it's that time of year where you're constantly put pushing refresh to see okay what trade came out what trade came out and this isn't as busy of a trade deadline year as normal because no. of everything that's going on the landscape. There's yeah. a lot of te- there's a lot of teams that just aren't in the position to be making these crazy bold trades right now, and the but, sample size is smaller too. So yeah, yep. But at the same time, we thought let's go back and look at some of the key midseason acquisitions that the Preds have made in the past, where they were buyers and they wanted to make that extra addition to you know make that push. And the first one that comes to mind for me, this might be going back before some people were fans of the team, going all the way back to 2007. It's a different Forsberg that played for this team, and that is Peter <laughs> Forsberg. Peter yes. Forsberg was the bearded wonder, wonder, wonder person who was already had a very respected NHL career. That was like one of the biggest, boldest acquisitions the Preds had ever made. During, yeah. I, I, I vaguely remember people saying, oh, oh, my God, the Preds, they just made this move? Like, they had made moves in the offseason before, but to go out and get a player like Peter Forsberg at the time who had already made a great career with the Colorado Avalanche, yeah, that, that, that kind of got this whole thing started. It gave us some name recognition for sure. And you yeah. think about it, like, the, so for full perspective, in 2007 – uh, the, the the National Predators were not a cap team, which means that they were not spending up to or near the cap until 2017. Okay. So it took them a decade before they even got to a point where they were actually spending wow. money. That's when like Ryan Johansson said. So to, like, for full context, a legend. Not I would say not a legend, but I mean a very good player that people know about. Peter Forsberg to get him at that time and in, in that era was pretty big for the Preds. I would agree. And with that, that was and that was around the time. So that was around a time when the Preds were. They were becoming a playoff team, like they could actually get into the playoffs. Yeah. They were making that slow climb as an expansion team, where it wasn't as easy. Like, sorry, Vegas Golden Knights fans, but it was a lot harder back in the day to be an yeah. expansion team. And so the pre, it took the Preds almost a decade as a team to finally be like, you know what, we can actually make the playoffs. And so Peter Forsberg was one of those additions during the season where it was like, okay, we're going to make a bold move here. We think we got what it takes. We're going to go get Peter Forsberg. And I think – so I wrote it down here. The Preds uh, gave away two players in that deal, including Scotty Upshaw, 
who was a good young player at the time uh, in their system. And so Forsberg ended up playing 17 games during that regular season for them, put up 15 points. And then uh, he scored four points in the playoffs, but the Preds did lose in the first round to the San Jose Sharks in five games. And I remember the San Jose Sharks were one of those kryptonite teams for the Preds. They were like a very, they were like a bully team. The Preds were really small back then. They they got pushed around easily. They just didn't have the talent on paper to match up once they got in the playoffs. Yeah, but that was still a big midseason addition. That was a bold move. That kind of got yeah. it all started. Then you have to go all the way to 2011. I to know find, what you're say. To find a during to find a midseason huge move. Colin, how about you go ahead and uh, predict what I'm saying? Uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm guessing you're, you're going to go predict, with a, You're not predicting. You know, but. I, I'm pretty sure you're going to go with uh, Mr. Mike Fisher here. Oh, so, for uh, sure. Absolutely. Our, our, our captain, the Fisherman, uh, giving up the yep. third-round pick and the, the first-round pick, which ended up being uh, Jared Maidens and Steven Noson. But, so that um, worked out good for us. Oh, yeah. That, that worked out very good for us. Uh, that was also 2011, 2012. That was, I think, when we actually broke through that first-round playoff mm-hmm. barrier. Yep, they um, did. So that was, that was, I mean, he was instrumental in that. So to get him in midseason, but then also – Carry him on. What his legacy was to the Predators was fantastic. To and, see. Type, and Mike Fisher was a type of player where you had to look past the stat sheet. This guy was a leader in the locker room. He brought yeah. the team together. He 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 was a smart veteran. I know at the time a lot of fans were that that lot. He he came here from Ottawa. Yeah, a lot of fans were in Ottawa were totally upset to lose him. So and that he, was just a that was a locker room guy. Of course, he was a locker room guy. He ended up oh being yeah. a captain of the team. Well, I think they, they named him an alternate the next year. So I mean, that's yeah. that's how quickly he really assimilated into the team. But yeah, the the, the next one up, I have, we'll go for, go for it real quick. I was just going to say he uh, so he put up twelve points in the twenty seven games for that regular season. Then he put up seven points in twelve playoff games uh, for that two thousand ten eleven season, and that was like you just said the the Preds won their first ever playoff series against the Anaheim Ducks. And I, and then they lost in the second round of the Vancouver Canucks, another really good team at the time. And they lost in the second round. I remember that playoff series in the second round being just a brutal, like the Preds left every ounce of energy on that ice. And I remember leaving that series where they lost to the Canucks thinking it was heartbreaking. But I remember thinking, wow, this team is special. Like we're on to yeah. something here. Like we're building something. And Mike Fisher was absolutely a big part of that. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was where, where grit really started taking hold and where mm-hmm. we're, I mean, that's where smash was being built right there. Yep. So, yeah. What's your, you know, what's your next one there, man? Th- this one wasn't really, I wouldn't say it was consequential necessarily, but it was a mid season move uh, that definitely had some consequences. And that was April 3rd, 2013. Uh, Mr. Phil Philip Forsberg from Martin Erat and Michael Latta. We didn't um, know. We didn't realize we at the time. Had no idea. We thought we thought it was just going to be a Washington Capitals move for the, for their postseason run. Uh, yeah. We were just getting Philip Forsberg as a prospect. Lo and behold, you know, a couple of years later, we really found out what we had. So, so it's a, uh, time out. I know this is wishful. Th- th- I know this is like I, I kind of got to reverse back to something current times right now. Yeah, this is where this mode of thinking comes, where you're like, we got to trade a player like like Grandland so we can get a couple and really promising prospects because you never know what you're getting. Yeah. You never know what you're getting. So to break away from this discussion real quick, because it just really like a light bulb went off. This is the perfect example of this. You got Phil Forsberg at that time. You didn't realize what you're getting out of it. And look at what Phil Forsberg ends up being. 
Yep. And the same thing could be happening. You don't want to lose Grandland for nothing anyway in the offseason. Very it's comparable, up. though, to Erat. I mean, that's how fans felt the same way about Grandland probably that they did about Erat back in the yeah. day. Yeah, so it's like that's 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 where that mode of thinking comes of, okay, yeah, it's going to hurt to lose a player like Grandland. He's playing great, but that's the nature of the business. You're not yeah. – you don't trade players away because they they're horrible necessarily. You you have to play this game of chess, and yep. so you know people keep coming out and saying we can't trade away Grandlin. He's playing so great with for us, but it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes you have to trade away a player that's playing well because that's the whole point of maximizing their value. So um, well, that's kind of that, that's kind of what made me think of it because there's a lot of teams out there who are willing to offer prospects for a player like Grandlin. Well, when you look at like the uh, the Bill Belichick method for the NFL fans out there, the guy that he gets rid of guys too soon sometimes, but it's because it's it's a smart move, whether it's cap or prospect or whatever it may be. Like he does things before they possibly need to be happen just happening, just because that's the way they think and it, it's worked for them. So it's, it works from a sports management standpoint. So yeah, it's going to be. I think Grayland's very a good very good comparison to Erat in terms yep. of you know we don't want to see him go. It's not that we want to see him go. No, of course not. But long-term could really pay off for us. So. so, so yeah, so I'm glad you brought up Forsberg because that, that was kind of overlooked because sometimes yeah. people forget how we ended up with Forsberg. They know that we got them through that trade, but we they maybe don't remember exactly what time of year it came and, and yeah. all that stuff. And so it took him a couple of years before uh, he actually made his impact on the Preds because he was a prospect and he was such yeah. a young player at the time. But, we hey, we talked about it in the last episode in our rookie segment his official rookie season, he put up 63 points. So you just yep. never know what you're getting in terms of prospects. So you have to be forward thinking when you're a general manager in the NHL. And I know Poyle's like, I'm not accusing David Poyle, GMDP, of not being forward thinking. The guy has made an outstanding career as an NHL GM. But at the same time, that's why we're saying some people are still saying let's be sellers. That's where that mode of thinking comes from is you want to be able to get some prospects who can turn into a Philip Forsberg maybe. So yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, we already brought up Ryan Johansson. Let's yep. go up to 2016. He came over here in January of 2016, so a little bit earlier in that season, not right up on the trade deadline necessarily. But we sent him over for Seth Jones, who was a very coveted fourth overall pick. And uh, at the time, I felt like it was a one-for-one swap type of deal. Um, It it was almost like both teams are getting better for what they want out of it. Yeah. And you can argue that both teams got what they wanted out of it because Seth Jones has turned out to be a really solid top-line defenseman for the Columbus Blue Jackets. But, of course, Ryan Johansson was a key piece to that Stanley Cup team. He was, and that was kind of the first indicator of what this team arriving before we even arrived. Like you, you think of like that moment in the Stanley Cup as that's when the Preds really kind of arrived, and and we're you respect on the NHL level, but we forget about the fact that Seth Jones cost eight hundred thousand dollars, uh, or no, yeah, it's eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, eight hundred thousand dollars. Ryan Johansson was four million dollars. Okay. So we we can not only did that trade to get better, but we got. We became spenders because Ryan Johansson yep. was our first eight hundred million eight million dollar player. I mean, that was when we started being a, what we call the cap team. So we started turning it, into big heavy spenders because that 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 carrot at the end of like you were chasing that carrot of okay, we know we're right there to be a Stanley Cup team. And I feel like Poyle was chasing that carrot. Yep. And he was like, I know it's right there. I can see the Stanley Cup. It's right there. So I'm just going to empty my wallet 
and I'm going to buy all these players and I'm going to buy a Stanley cup. Yep. And, and here we are. I mean, it's, it's, it's hurt us a little bit with Duchesne, but you know, years past a decade ago, not even a decade ago, five years ago, we're not spending big on free agents. I mean, Ryan Johansson was the indicator because we knew his, his contract was going to expire that you don't make a trade like Seth Jones if you're not going to re-sign the guy. So we knew we were going to try, and that was going to take a lot of money. That was the transition to the Preds are a legit NHL team that's going to spend up to the cap, and they're going to they're going to try and put a good product on the ice that's competitive, not just to get in the playoffs or maybe get a first-round win, but that's going to try and compete for a cup. That's what set yeah. the tone for it. It really did, because if you look at after that trade, look at what happens after that. So yeah. first of all, real quick, just to, just to bring it up, Ryan Johansson – Put up 34 points in 42 games throughout that regular season with the Preds. And then, of course, that's when the Stanley Cup run happened. And in that Stanley Cup run where the Preds swept the Blackhawks and they beat the St. Louis Blues. Good times. And they, then they beat the Anaheim Ducks. And then, of course, they lost in six games to the Pittsburgh Penguins. But in that run, up until his horrible injury in the mm-hmm. Anaheim series, he put up 13 points in 14 games. So he was a point-per-game playoff player during that run. Then yep. he suffered the injury against Anaheim. And then he was on crutches when they unveiled the ceremony yep. for the Western Conference Trophy after eliminating. And I remember like it was yesterday. I was in Nashville in Printer's Alley. If anyone's ever been in Nashville, hey. I, I was in Printer's Alley at Fleet Street Pub, which yeah. is like if you've ever been to Printer's Alley, you need to go to Fleet Street Pub. It's like you, you feel like you feel like you're in Great Britain somewhere or the you, UK. You weren't showing off those karaoke skills at Lonnie's Western Room. No, 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 no. Uh. <laughs> in fact, it's kind of funny. We ended up in there somehow. We that wasn't like where we watched the game. We somehow ended up in there, and I. I'll, I'll never forget it. There were tourists in there who weren't even Preds fans, and they were watching this game, cheering for the Preds with us. It was probably like 40 or 50 of us in there. And when the Preds officially beat the Anaheim Ducks, the owner of Fleet Street Pub, I wish I could remember his name, um, bought, announced that he – because he was watching the game with everyone. He was in, he was in there. He announced – that he was going to buy a shot of Jameson for everyone in the bar. Oh man. And we all started cheering. And then the bartender stands up on the bar and says, are you kidding me? We never buy that many shots for everyone. And we were all like booing, like thinking like he's being serious. And then the bartender goes, no, I'm just kidding. We're really going to buy shots for everybody. And they (laughs) walked around with shots of Jameson and gave everyone a free shot. We were all hugging. There were people hugging each other in the streets. Man, that, was that was awesome. a good that was a good time in Nashville because you just remember like the, seeing the crowds in Broadway and and seeing the energy of the city. I mean, that was just there's yeah. never been anything like it because I mean, even with the Super Bowl with the Titans back in like the early 2000s, yeah. like that's not that's a one and done type of situation. Just to have a playoff run the way the Preds were doing it, it's and, different. And the way it was. I mean, there was just there was belief because it was these underdogs that these the scrappy team. Um, that you know was made up of guys that were recognizable though as well, like uh, PK Suman, which I'm sure we're gonna get to in a sec. But it was just a, it was a fun team to get behind and better it days. Was, I, I wish for those days again. I want to see it again. And, and so to make bad. a to make a comparison between NFL and you know NFL playoff run and hockey playoff run, it's just two. It's apples and oranges. A hockey yeah. play, not to take anything away from an NFL playoff run, but a hockey playoff run is so grinding. It it's is. so brutal. And so when you make it to the end like that, it's just – and then to come two games short, 
it 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 just it, it's heartbreaking. And so we just together. Hope, we just hope we can get back there sooner rather than later. Yeah. I, it's going to happen one of these days. It's just a matter of when, and then we can just put all these freaking Stanley Cup jokes to rest and all these banner jokes. But either way, that's a oh, dream. If it, so if it just, happens, we're going to raise so many banners. So you, so you just brought up. So you just brought up uh, PK Subban. Yeah, he actually came in an offseason trade, so we can't really talk about Subban. Yeah, but at the same time, that was a huge, huge moment in the history of the team. It was. I, I got to talk about so there's really no massive ac- midseason acquisitions after Ryan Johansson, believe it or not. There are some that have happened. So you mentioned how the Preds became heavy buyers after that. And yeah. this is kind of when the wheels started to fall off, so to speak, was when Poyle started reaching and buying all these players and getting these bad contracts. Kyle I'm just going to throw, throw players out there. Kyle Turris came in an early season, uh, came, I think, in November. Uh, then – he went out and got uh, Wayne Simmons, Brian Boyle uh, in 2019. I mean, okay, these were short-term players, but just players that didn't really pan out long-term. Uh, he went and got Ryan Hartman, I remember, from Chicago. He actually played pretty well for the Predators for a little bit. Yep. Cody McLeod, everyone remembers Cody McLeod. Uh, but really, for the most part, the Preds don't have a lot of big buying moments in their history no. during the season. They really yeah, well, don't. We got Wayne Simmons about a decade too late, but you know, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. And, and Brian Boyle. I mean, I remember Brian Boyle coming here and we're like, Oh, we're getting I, I this like, hard nose, like enforcer type of guy. But Brian Boyle, I mean, I think he kind of fit that role. He wasn't necessarily like an offensive guy. It wasn't a huge, like, you know, it, we weren't expecting a lot from him on defense, but I mean, he's just, uh, as a guy, like he is going to be the bruiser. That's why he, he's kind of like a Barwieski in a way, but mm-hmm. I will say he did endear himself to Nashville a lot. I mean, he brought his sister with him, brought his family with him. Um, his sister was playing, you know, in, in intermissions at Brisson Arena. Um, I think if he had, if we had wanted him, he probably would have stayed. Um, it's just that he he was kind of in kind of similar to Wayne Simmons, like Brian Boyle was kind of a, a few years too late uh, when we got him. But I did like Boyle a lot, and, and uh, Mike Twitter said Boyle had some great blocking uh, for the goalie type of play, and he did. He, yeah, I say, yeah he, he was. He was a big body. He, he was kind of like. He came on at the same time that Rocket Grimaldi made his debut really in the NHL. And it was, we, I remember calling it Rocket and uh, Groot because yeah. it was like we had Brian Boyle, who's a massive dude, and then this little guy, you know, Rocco Rocket. So it was Rocket and Groot, but it was a good time to watch them play. So I think, uh, sadly enough, though, and I think the reason why uh, Preds fans get so uh, queasy when it comes to Preds being buyers, it's because we don't have a lot of a good, we don't have a rich history of hitting home runs. No. On uh on midseason uh, editions, we've got Mike Fisher. We've got, we, I mean, we've got Mike Fisher and Ryan Johansson and Peter Forsberg to our to our credit. That's yeah. really been home run. Now we've made off season editions for sure, but I'm talking about during the season, midseason. There's well, not there's not a lot to choose from. There's one we looked over that there's actually a midseason uh, trade that we made this year that kind of helped us out a little bit, and that's for uh, Mr. Ben Harper, Ben Harper from Mika yeah. Salamaki. You know uh, what? That's actually. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up. I, I I take that back. That I'm not being sarcastic at all. I swear. Like I actually think you're you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, I, I wish Salamaki well. He was part of some fun runs, but Ben Harper's been paying some dividends for us. I mean, I know people rag on him, but he's he's a young guy that has honestly looked a little bit almost Ekholm esque when we need him to, and he stepped up yeah. when Ekholm was injured and Yellis and Yossi were injured. He was a he was a solid body in that defensive. So, uh, real quick to round out this segment. Rapid fire, yes or no answer. 
Okay. Do the do the Preds buy? Well, I guess it can't be yes or no because I'm giving you three options. Never mind. Buy, sell, or they do nothing. What are they going to do, Colin? I say soft sell. I think yeah, the rookies to do it. I well, no, he, no, no. What, not what you want them to do. What do you think they're going to do? Oof. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, you have to. They're like from a logic standpoint. I think soft sell because I think Grandma's, they're going to do nothing. I think they're going to do nothing. Graylin's not going to come back, and you're just going to. I really lose think it. I. I, I I feel like Poyle is very, very confident, and, yeah. and and they're proving it to him every time they win. And, every and time they say, win, every time they win, I think David Poyle's digging deeper and deeper into you know what I'm taking this ride. To, to your point, and I'm not saying that this team is that team, but when we made the Stanley Cup Finals, we started out as an eight seed. We were, and that mm-hmm. would be right now. We're trekking for that position. Yeah. We also saw how how much of a grind a full playoff run is, and so you know you look back to 2017, injuries got us. We saw a lot of young faces in the in the Stanley Cup Finals, and even the Western Conference Finals. Freddie so Goudreau, yeah. Freddie Goudreau. So Col- maybe he Col- does. Colton Sissons was young at the time. So you're absolutely right. So maybe maybe he's betting on this team because if he want, if he stands pat, we have a lot of depth. I think because, I think, that, I think that's what he's doing. Yeah, well, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of depth. If we get injured, e- then yeah, we got some. It's we easy, got and it's you know, it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback. I mean, yeah. no matter what Poyle does, if it ends up being the wrong move, there's going to be people out there who say, "Oh, I told you you should have done this," or "I I told you you should have done that." So you have to look past all that. I've been saying for weeks now. I don't envy where the the tough decisions that Poyle has to make based on the Preds winning like they have, it's made his job even harder. So um, yeah, I just don't, I don't think he's going to do much. He might trade once minor piece. Maybe he trades away uh, a Nick Cousins, but even a player like Nick Cousins is playing such a vital role right now. Yeah. So I just, I don't know who he chooses to trade away unless it's Granlin. Granlin's the only player I see getting traded. And yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to, Stick to his guns. So right out the depth. We'll know. We'll know by hey, it's perfect timing. Monday's next episode on Monday will be after the trade deadline. So we can stop the speculation and we can talk about it. Give me some but, good times. So, real quick before we round out episode 34, let's give a quick masters update. The masters tournament started today. I'm a huge golf fan. Every third I'm always off work on Thursdays. I work a very weird schedule. I'm not a nine to fiver. But uh, I always carve out time to watch uh, the opening day of the Masters. I just love – I love the thought of everybody starting off at, at the bottom and having to work their way up the leaderboard and stuff. So I watched the Masters today. It was uh, – it, it's, it's like a step toward – another step towards a normalcy when it comes to the sports world to be watching the Masters in April. And the thing I saw in Augusta today was hard, fast greens. Um the ball was running up and down the greens. Those greens are tough. A lot of uh, really low scores. Um, and so just to give our listeners an update uh, going in after the first day, Justin Rose, a very well-known golfer. Justin Rose is leading English. the pack. Very good golfer. Minus seven. Yep. So he's a uh, minus seven. He tees off tomorrow at eight. 36 in the morning. So that he will be teeing off around the time when all of you are going to be downloading our podcast. So (laughs) um, other than that though, the top of the leaderboards, a lot of um, relatively unknown players, unless you're just diehard golf fanatic. There's, there's, 
I was gonna say, well, there's there's a couple that are, are interesting to me, especially like Justin Rose, Englishman. I mean, he's doing well. He, he's had some success before, but yeah. we all know, especially if you watch golf and you watch the Masters, like Augusta, it can change on a dime on a Friday, oh, for sure. yeah, on yeah. Sa- Saturday especially when it's moving day. Like that's no. that's when you really want to see it. But um, a player that I know was discussed beforehand because he's been playing very well lately. He's one of my favorite players. Uh, is Jordan Spieth. I, I think yeah. you know, Spieth, Spieth could definitely make a run because he's in that eighth spot right now, um, and he's mm-hmm. within range. I mean, a minus seven lead. We've never seen someone lead wire to wire for. I mean, for it's been a long time. I don't know unless it's Tiger Woods. So I don't know. If you, I don't know if you. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, if you, I saw. I watched this live, but I'm sure you could easily look it up online or whatever in a highlight video. Uh, there was a moment today where Spieth's, Spieth's round could have totally like gone off the rails. He was in the middle of the trees. He couldn't even see his shot. He was face. Th- this reminded me of my golf game so perfectly. This is usually where I'm at is in the trees. Like I always find the trees, no matter where the trees are at, I'm going to yeah. find the trees. That's where Spieth, that's where Spieth, Spieth found himself. And he had to figure out a way to get it out of the trees. And it just, it humanized him. Cause I'm like, I know how that feels. Yeah. And he, he takes a shot. It ricochets off a tree, goes backwards. And I'm like, Spieth just did something that I would do, but he got himself out of it. And now he's minus one at the Masters. And that, that's in, the difference because for the last couple of years, ever since he's had that run that he had, he's been like when he implodes, he implodes. And today yeah. it's kind of like, all right, what's going to happen? Because I saw that. And then he, he finished out with a solid round. I mean, he's he in eight spot. So I, I hope for I would him. Lo- I would love to see Spieth win it. Uh, he's, a, he's a very likable uh, young golfer. And he's got that he's got that talent to be like the next – Great golfer. I'll give you my three, maybe a bonus one. So my okay. guys are Jordan Spieth. Uh, I like Dustin Johnson. Uh, yeah. Obviously, national national guy. Um, Love Dustin Johnson. Uh, and then I've, I gotta say, Ricky Fowler. I mean, he's just a fun guy to watch. Uh, and he hasn't won a major yet. Like he so. hasn't. And, and but he, I mean, in like the Ryder Cup days back when back in the day before he was a a committed man when everybody else had their wives and they're kissing their wives and uh, like the winning on the 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 winner's uh pedestal and Ricky Fowler's making a face mm-hmm. because he's the only single guy. I'm like man, that, that, that's, that's my guy right there. <laughs> that's but, pretty funny, um, yeah. And then uh Justin Thomas, Justin Thomas, Justin Thomas. Guy. I was gonna bring up Justin Thomas. He smokes that ball, man. His drives are so fun to watch. Yeah. So those Just, are my guys. Yeah, I think those are some solid picks. I think so. I mean, like you said, the leaderboard's pretty 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 tight as you would expect coming out of the first day. Uh, but another player that's hanging around back there that I would not be surprised at all to make a move and everyone's waiting for him to, to make a move is a uh, Rom John Rom. Yep. John Rom. He's another guy who's like the next, you know, he's on that tier where they're expecting him to make the next move, but it could easily be where a, another unknown players went unknown player wins their first major, which yep. is always fun to see as well. So very awesome to see the masters. Uh, in its normal time slot of April. Um, so I know we have some golf fans that probably listen to the show. So we wanted to fit in the Masters there because I love playing golf, even though I'm not very good, but I love golf. And so I love watching golf. And so the Masters, it's great to have the Masters back. So uh, Absolutely. just good time, good vibes all the way around on episode 34. Yes, sir. Uh, the, yes, only sir. Thing we're, the, only, the only thing we're missing is our buddy Rich. Uh, that's yeah. the only thing we missed tonight. It was our buddy Rich. But other than that, it was a great episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. This is Chad Mitten with Colin Bluen uh, signing off on the Catfish Nights podcast presented by DraftKings. We will see you next week for episode 35. We will be reacting all about the trade deadline. That's going to be a heavy part of episode 35. So get ready for that. 
Until then, everyone have a really awesome weekend. Enjoy the Preds game on Saturdays. They take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay Lightning are coming to Nashville. So if you're going to the game, go enjoy the game. Have fun. Cheer on the Preds. And tweet the show at Catfish Ice on Twitter. Let us know how the game went for you. Until then, everyone take care.